Supercoach Champions podcast. This is episode 92. We are looking at the late mail edition for round four. We're getting guns back. Weather's good. Should be a nice high scoring round. So as always, we're here. We've got Catfish doing Wackers Whispers and your Twitter questions. And yeah, we'll hopefully get ready for this week. So without further ado, let's jump straight into it. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. First game is uh, Thursday at Brookvale Oval. Seagulls against the Panthers. Obviously, the Seagulls, they are struggling. Des Hasler uh, still has Jack Goshevsky in doubt. He failed to finish the game last week due to a leg injury, but is expected to play. Only potential change to 17 named on Tuesday is Tavita Funa, coming onto the right wing for Jason Saab. DCE, Dylan Walker, and Tapao all should overcome minor injury niggles to play. Morgan Ball does need to pass a fitness test to play, uh, but is expected to line up. On the Panthers' side, they obviously get Nathan Cleary back, and uh, obviously with Dylan Edwards out injured, they're going to see uh, Matt Burton line up at left centre and Stephen Crichton go to fullback. Uh, there is some doubt over Spencer Linio due to uh, a shoulder injury, but apparently uh, Ivan Cleary has confirmed that he'll be playing. Tyron May, Liam Martin and Matt Eisenhuth are all expected to overcome minor issues to play. And it should be, uh, unfortunately for Seagulls fans, um, ugly watching for them. But uh, for all of us who own Panthers, it should be nice and enjoyable, hopefully. Uh, first game on Good Friday, Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs. The Bulldogs uh, were forced into a bubble on their return from Brisbane after they played the Broncos on the weekend. So only players and staff were, they, they were only allowed to go to training this week. So due to injury to Jeremy Marshall King, they do have Sione Katoa starting at hooker. We do have a rookie, Jackson Topine, Topine, uh, spending, uh, making his NRL debut from the bench. Now he is expected to spend time at dummy half as he did spend some time there during uh, games in New South Wales Cup, even though he is uh, an edge back rower. So uh, the Bulldogs did get a special dispensation to play Topine due to him being actually on a development contract, but I guess with all the injuries, etc., that's probably why. Uh, they do have Corey Allen shifting to the left wing with Nick Meany to play fullback, uh, but just like uh, Meany and Kotrick have done, Allen could rotate with Kotrick uh, for Kotrick to take more of the kick returns. And Dean Britt comes onto the bench uh, after doing well in the opening round of Reggie's. On the Rabbitohs side, they are pretty much 1-17, although there is an injury card having, hanging over Tevita Totola. He did fail to train with the squad after he pulled up with hamstring tightness last week. However, he should play, but uh, just something to keep an eye on. He just has to make it through the captain's run to be a confirmed starter. And then the Friday night game, the Storm and the Broncos at Amy Park. The Storm do have Tom Eisenhuth in doubt after a rib injury last weekend. If he's ruled out, uh, Chris Lewis will come in, uh, start on the right edge, and either Nico Hines uh, will come onto the bench, or otherwise we might see a, a rookie and Trent Loyero, an edge back rower, coming onto the bench to make his NRL debut. Brandon Smith did cop a heavy hit early in the Panthers game, and then he suffered a burner to his shoulder, but he has recovered, trained with the squad this week, should play. Ryan Pappenhausen returns, obviously, after missing the Panthers game due to a neck injury. And we, otherwise, we might see a late swap of Tui Kamikamitha and Nelson Asofa-Solomona, uh, just like last week. On the Broncos' side, 
they obviously had a disrupted preparation this week as uh, with Brisbane locking down, they had to fly to Sydney due uh, to obviously the lockdown. Uh, they were forced into a bubble, which meant they could only leave the hotel for training and food. Uh, obviously, the good news for them is they do get Payne Haas back from suspension and Matt Lulge back from his hamstring injury, both returning and starting in the front row. Uh, Anthony Milford was continued playing on the left-hand side, which he swapped to last week. And Brodie Croft is still likely to stay on the right, ahead of Tom Dearden. Uh, John Asiata looks set to return after he missed last week due to managing a shoulder issue, but I wouldn't be surprised if there is any late swaps here, but we'll have to see. Now moving to the first game on Saturday, we have the Sharks and the Cowboys. This game has been relocated to Cogra due to uh, the COVID outbreak. The Sharks do have Will Kennedy and Wade Graham both in some doubt as they failed game day HIAs on the weekend. However, they're moving through the NRL HIA protocol as well. They just have to complete the captain's run on Friday. Uh, and that will allow them to get the final tick to be able to play. We do also have Braden Hamlin-Ueli and Aaron Woods um, managing some minor niggles, but both expected to play. And we continue to see Connor Tracy playing at left centre with Josh Dugan on the right. For the Cowboys, they obviously have changed things up. Um, ben Hampton comes onto the right edge to play halfback next to Shane Wright, and Ben Condon will partner Scott Drinkwater on the left side. We may see Peter Holler finally get a shot, uh, and he may find his way onto the bench. For the next game on Saturday, again, this has been moved to Cogra as well. This is the Titans and Raiders game. The Titans' full squad travel down to Sydney on Thursday. They look set to be 1-17, to but uh, Corey Thompson, David Fafita, and Tana Boyd all set to play. They're just managing, managing minor things. Brian Kelly, unlikely to be cited this week, will get another week to recover from his hand injury. On the Raiders' side... They do have Ryan James and Sebastian Chris in some doubt. They undergo uh, concussion protocols. They're progressing well and uh, should be expected to play, but obviously they just need to get the final ticks. They do have Semi Valame and Emre Gula on standby if either of them do, don't do make it through. Hudson Young, confirmed starter. He was a late scratching last week, but it was just to allow his knee injury full time to heal. Otherwise, they should be 1-17. to On the Knights, uh, sorry, this is the first game on the Sunday. All the Knights, they do have Mitch Barnett in doubt. Obviously, uh, this calf injury, plenty of people have been tweeting Barry Tui about it, poor guy. Uh, he, he's, he's fantastic, though, obviously. He's uh, been really good with responding to those. He has had scans on Monday, and he suffered a strain but no tear. He's a, Barnett himself uh, has been on record saying he should play, but he is unlikely to goal kick, which he could see Tex Hoy take that up again. We do have Brody Jones on standby if Barnett is ruled out. Uh, also, we should see the same swap of Connor Watson starting from the bench and Suasu Su starting at lock. Obviously, Watson's minutes slowly increasing uh, regardless. Jacob Saifida is expected to play despite suffering a leg injury, uh, which saw him leave the field last week. They do have Sami Salo on standby if Saifida is ruled out. Shibasaki is named at centre, but he had a bit of a tough game last week. So we may see Dom Young, uh, who debuted last week, come into the seventeen. Hamill Hunt and Kurt Mann, both minor issues, um, should ha- should be ready to play. Blake Green confirmed to, st- to return, but he will be coming off the bench, um, recovering from an ACL injury. This will be interesting to see what they do with Blake Green. Uh, all the chat in the preseason was that uh, eventually a full-strength team, Blake Green would be at 5'8", Connor Watson starting at lock, and Kurt Mann would be the one who spells Watson, and they both have that kind of similar you know, roaming middle forward, play- extra playmaker type role. I know some chat about Jaden Brelly's been said that he won't play 80, but from all indications indicate that uh, 
Rayleigh should play 80. Kurt Ben's not going to be spelling him at hooker. And I always reference this, but let's not forget, last, last year Adam O'Brien kept Rayleigh on the field for an extra 20-plus minutes after he had torn his ACL. And Connor Watson and Kurt Mann were in the squad then, so he would prefer uh, a one-legged Jaden Brelly playing out 20-plus minutes uh, with, a, with a torn ACL instead of putting either of those guys into hooker. So I, I, I'm pretty confident as a Brayley owner that he will continue to play 80 minutes. But look, if he does get a spell, I wouldn't be surprised, but most likely it's not going to be with the game in doubt. All right, um, and obviously on Dragon's side... They obviously don't have Ben Hunt. Adam Klum uh, is there. He will replace uh, Hunt on the right edge. And otherwise, they do have uh, question marks over the fitness of Trent Marin due to concussion again. He failed his game day HIA, so he has to pass protocols and then get the usual clearance from a doctor to play. Kate Ellis is on standby for him. And the other Sunday game, the Roosters and the Warriors. The Roosters do obviously have a reshuffled lineup. They expect, so obviously Freddie Lussick named at nine, but... Uh, the reported reshuffle is going to be Drew Hutchinson's going to start at 9. Joseph Manu will move to 5.8 and play on the right side with Sam Walker playing the natural left side next to Angus Crichton. Bmoz, Brett Morris will shift into right centre and Ikevalu comes into the 13 to play on the right wing. They do have Radley back and he's expected to start and he'll be oh, pretty much uh, you know a, a, a middle forward, a ball-playing middle forward. He's not expected to spend any time at hooker. Obviously, he can, but it's not prefer- preferred unless injuries hit. Nat Butcher was late scratching on the weekend, but he'll be fine. That was just illness. And um, Take Aho expected to play despite managing a calf issue, but he may not goal kick. Obviously, Sam Walker might be the guy there. And despite the wonder kid, Suwali, named on the extended bench, but he won't play. On the Warriors' side, they do have some reshuffling as well uh, with... Last weekend, they had Bailey Sirnan starting, uh, named on the edge, and what may happen again, he, he may drop to the bench. Jazz Devang will start lock, and Tohu Harris will move to start on the right edge. Uh, Marcello Montoya is ra- named at centre with um, Fusatua on the wing, but uh, Wacker expects Fusatua to play right centre and Montoya to play on the right wing. Lastly, Monday, Easter Monday game um, in the afternoon, Tigers and the Eels, the Tigers... Expect to be 1-17. to The only question mark was over Tommy Talau, who has recovered from the cramps. They saw him leave the field last week, although lately um, the, there was a reports potentially about James Roberts may have um, attended the, the fight, the Hogan-Sue fight. Uh, the rumours were about Cody Walker and Latrell being there as well. They've been cleared. James Roberts I haven't heard about, so keep an eye out on that in case. Uh, and... I mean, they've obviously got Packer, Leilua, Chikam and Sifath on the extended bench and obviously Moses Mbai in the 14 as well. So there's a few options there as to what they might choose to do. So, yeah, if you're planning to play James Roberts, um, maybe just keep that in mind. Hopefully you don't have to play James Roberts. On the Eels side, uh, they do have Mitch Moses in some doubt, although he's progressing through the concussion protocols, expected to pass and play on the Monday. Ryan Madison is a confirmed starter after missing the game last weekend due to concussion. He's trained with the squad this weekend and will turn on the left edge. And Mike Acevo also passes game day HIA, should be a confirmed starter. Bryce Cartwright named an extended bench, should be cleared to return from a joint injury, but he will play Reggie's this week. So that is Wacko's Whispers for this week. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. 
All right, plenty of Twitter questions this week, so appreciate them as always. Let's jump straight into it. First one comes, uh, well, not first. I'm just going to go through this as in the order I can see them. Uh, so Julian at Julian Aldridge four play Tessie or Mead. So I'm going to go David Mead here, left wing, playing against that Raymond Smith, George Jennings side. If the Broncos are going to score any tries, I reckon it's going to be through Mead. Uh, Tessie's probably safe for a 30-35, but I reckon he's going to attract a fair bit of attention from that storm left edge, and he could struggle on defense. So I would go Mead a bit safer there. Uh, next one comes from Anthony Gridley at Supercoach Pom. Could Marnie be in the Origin team? Look, I'd be really surprised. Barring injury to Harry Grant, even even Jake Friend, I think Marnie might be third choice hooker for Queensland, so unlikely. Uh, next one comes in from at Mitch underscore Phillips. He's got Roberts and Joe Offahengawi both needing to go. With a lot of center wings having great runs in the next four or five games, should I do a double gun in center wing, move Capewell to the second row? If so, who to buy out of To'o, AJ, Gagai, or Fergo? Or alternatively, do I go Little to Schuster this week and then choose one game to add upgrade to in center wing? I would do that. Little to Schuster, I think, yeah, again, especially if you've got any nuffs at all that you started the season with, you're going to, it's hard to turn down that money uh, for a center wing gun. So I would go Little to Schuster. And then, I mean, To'o to me is the standout. Like He's going to be one of the top four, if not top two center wings come end of the season. That's the feeling I've got. Uh, AJ, you know, we know what we're getting. Low base, could score a bucket load of tries, though, on that left wing for the Rabbitohs. Uh, kind of like Gagai, he feels like the safer middle option between the two, and that's where I'm going myself, but I already own To'o. So if I didn't own them, I'd go To'o and then see about the other ones. Virgo, I really don't mind as well. He's got, he's a great price. He's been really scoring quite well for what he was worth. So, yeah, Virgo, I think, is uh, probably just a gut call if you think he's going to keep that up because obviously he struggled badly to score points last year. I think he's already exceeded his uh, number of attacking stats in 2020 so far, three to three rounds of 2021. Uh, next question at Jim2504, is Hoy, is Hoy to Schuster worth it? When will Ponga be back? So this is tough because I obviously got Hoy and I'm choosing to keep him for one more week. The word is round five or round six, and I know it's tough because obviously – you know, Hoy's got that negative break even. He'll probably be negative for at least another week. And if Pong is back next week, you're going to have to sell him um, unless you want to hold him in your 17 for some reason until maybe round 13 when Ponga plays the origin. But honestly, I think um, if Hoy to Schuster is your only way of doing it, um, if you think Pong is back next week, then just do it. I, I'd probably do it. It, it probably sucks because I want to play Hoy this week. He's going to have a good matchup. I'd rather Hoy's points over Schuster's points given the Hoy is going to get a, go against the Ben Huntless Dragons. So I think, to me, I might just wait that week. If Schuster scores a 45-50, he'll go up a fair bit in price with that negative 65 break-even. But if Hoy scores another 80-plus, he will come very close to uh, matching that price rise, given he's got like a negative 28 break-even, I think, something like that. So that's where I would go. Next question comes from, from Chris at Togs. Thoughts on Niakore looking to offload off of Hengawi. Look, I, I get that he's, you know, a decent price. He's in the second row forward. He's playing 80 minutes in the centre, so, and that's my issue. Like, if he never sees your 17, then, and, and off of Hengawi's outside your 17, I'm, I'm fine with that. But if you ever need to play him, you know, I don't know how confidently you could roll him out as a back rower because he's playing in the centres. Normally, we want to go the other way. You want to pick up the back rower playing in the centre wing. So that's my issue there. If it's purely for a money grab, he's never likely to be in your 17. 
like I'd want to make sure I had three startable and then one backup option ahead of him before I would get uh, Neocore. If he's your first, you know, first cab off the rank, the moment a second row forward goes down injured or is suspended for a week or whatever, I'd probably avoid that trade if that makes sense. All right, so next one comes in from uh, at Robbie underscore K. Sorry, Rob, I don't want to have a go at and butcher your last name. So with Sam Walker named, does Takaho lose goal kicking? Would be concerned if that happens along with inconsistent minutes. Look, totally get that. Uh, having said that, last week he obviously played a long, long um, 79 minutes, I think. He only had one goal kick in his score of 79. So I think unless there's clear-cut um, better options, which I'm not sure there is, Right now, uh, you know, barring Payne Haas, obviously coming out and smashing it. Uh, even Junior Paulo, like a lot of people are really high on him. But before his attacking stat last week, he was staring at a 44 from 47 minutes. So he really got bailed out by that last try assist, line break assist to RCG. So I don't think there's any front row forwards really demanding selection aside from the likes of maybe Clemmer and even Daniel Saifidi, although their minutes are questionable too. So a lot of question marks all over a lot of those guys. Um, so, sorry, come back to your question. I think Sam Walker probably does goal kick this week, especially if Taka Aho is, uh, you know, managing a calf issue himself. But at the same time, I think any tough game, Taka Aho is going to be on the field. You know, like I think the example was given by NRL Physio this week where instead of putting a, a rookie in Fletcher Baker back on the field, Taka Aho had been off the field for one minute when Lizzie Collins went down injured. Taka Aho went back on, so... I think depending on the game, depending on obviously what's happening, uh, I think he's very important to the Roosters, so he'll get plenty of game time. Uh, next question comes from at Bing Numbers. I'm still worrying about trading Little to Schuster. What if Curtis Surinan comes back in round five and six and plays a bench utility role? Look, that could happen, but honestly, if anything, I think Schuster's already ahead of Koshevsky. Uh, for the other edge, I think he's played like on the field. You know, he's really ticked off a lot of boxes. The eye test, he looks like one of the best players that Manly have been putting out each week. So uh, it's always hard with Desi, right? He's a mad scientist for a reason. But I honestly feel like if 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 what the Seagulls fans that I've talked to uh, have their way, I mean, I think they're going to storm down. Um, the, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna riot in the northern beaches, and Desi might get lynched if he tries to pop Schuster back on their bench. And start Gushevsky over him. So, look, I, I think he's going to be there. Uh, Curtis Surinan still may be a couple of weeks away. Who knows? So, for me, I think the risk is worth it. There's a genuine potential that Schuster, if he keeps playing 80 minutes on an edge, or even if he starts playing in the 5 position, or whatever they, they plan to do with him, but if he plays 80 minutes on an edge, I think he could viably average 60, 65. Um, you know, his base is around that 50 mark, and then I'm someone as talented as him, he's going to get some attacking stats at some point, especially once Tommy Toby comes back. The the potential for attacking stats definitely goes up as well. So I really like Schuster, uh, provided he holds on to that starting spot, and I'm backing him too. All right, next question comes in from at Tony Alex Howell. Uh, hey, Wilfred, option one, Lamb slash Lenier out, Schuster and choose one of Fafita or Tohu to trade in. Option two, if I go Lamb and James out, added money allows trade-in to Schuster and choose from one of Haas, Angus, Tohu, Fafita. Thoughts on best trade out of Lenny or James and best keeper, second row, front row, forward from above. Look, I would probably try to trade out Lamb and James over Lenny. I feel like Lenny, Spencer's got more to give. Um, James is going to, his cash 
rice rises, he'll be stunted because of his five from last week. So he will be a slower burn already. So that's my concern there. Uh, but having said that, I like the idea of also being able to grab Angus. Um, I think, you know, I still back him to be the number one uh, back rower, second row forward by the end of the season, even though, you know, no Kiri or whatever, but he's going to play next to Sam Walker and I really like that for him as well. So I'm keen on Angus if you could do that. That would be my my option for sure. I, I like Haas as well, but I don't want him this week. Not against the Storm and it gives you one look at him. I might rush him into my team next week, depending on how he goes. But yeah, for this week, I'd, I'd go that way. Um, Adam Mackay, 83, says, Would you let little go? Let life go. <laughs> the cab, the cash of Zeus. I got what you mean, mate. <laughs> Feels early to let little go, but it's anyway unless Watson or Munster go. No way. Um, little for Schuster. Lock it in. Easy trade for me. Uh, at Todd Greasley, will Meadow and Barney both play? <laughs> I think he's taking the piss, but look, I think both will play. So, yeah. Um, TJ at Fantasy Allsport. I've gone around in circles. Tor'or versus Gagai versus Stephen Crichton. Critter. Uh, look, I'm going to say Tor'or for sure. Crichton, he'll go back to left centre in a couple of weeks. So I just think, um, yeah, Tor'or's nailed on all season long. Left wing, tackle-busting beast, hard-working. I love it. I can't talk enough about Brian Tor'or. He's a legend. Um, and I think Gagai's the riskiest of the three of them, if I would put it that way. But, yeah, Tor's a standout for me, 100%. All right, next question uh, at Anthony Mamo. He's got here, one trade will likely be little to Schuster. Second trade, I'd like to upgrade a forward or a center wing. Would you go for Fida, Crichton, Tohu, or someone like Olam, Peachy, Fergo, second trade this week? He's got Tor plus other cheapy center wing, and then he's got Tauke Aho, Welsh, Tino, Capewell, Barnett, and Ricky as forwards. So, I mean, assuming Capewell gets down center wing sooner rather than later... I, I mean, you know, I've spoken about how much I like Angus. You can't go wrong with David Fafita either. Tohu's a great pod, but I kind of feel, you know, if you want someone nailed on for sure, like Angus, I can't see him not being in the top three back rowers by the end of the season. David Fafita's in the mix there as well, whereas Tohu, I think he's kind of lag a little bit behind. Just, again, not sure what's going on with the rotations with him being on the edge and then uh, in the middle and stuff like that. So... I think to me, Angus is a, a great option. He could score this week. Who knows? Uh, that's where I would lean. Next question is from at Osman Numbers. Uh, so two questions. Pick two players to play from Isako, Schuster and Staines. Uh, Staines and Schuster. That's pretty easy for me. And secondly, by Fergo or Capel this week. Capel safe for Fergo upside with upcoming draw and plays around 13. I think I'd actually lean uh, Fergo. Just for the price. Capeball is great to start with. I'm not sure if I really want to trade him in now that he's gone up already in price already. Uh, next question is from uh, Daniel Nichols at Snicko78. So he's got two things. Would you pray to trade Brayley out for Cody, Saar for Toro, or Welsh slash Tino for David Feeder or another premium forward? Other trade is Hunt to Schuster free up here in the thousand. Yeah, look, Hunt to Schuster is fantastic. I would not trade out Braley. I'm assuming that's Jaden Braley for Cody. I would definitely hang on to him. Uh, Saab for Tor'or is, yeah, I think I'd lean there. I'd rather have uh, Tor'or and either Welsh or Tino than Saab or whatever cheapy center wing you have plus David Fafita. So, yeah, I'd lean that way. Oh, sorry, you put another here. What's in the Cody? Nah, uh, I, would, I would just wait on that. Uh, having said that, if you are absolutely certain Cody's going to score 500 points in the next three weeks. That's 
That's 170 average of each week, by the way. Uh, look, if that is what your gut's telling you, then sure, I would probably go Watson to Cody. But honestly, I yeah, I would lean the other way. But you got to back your gut, so that's up to you. All right, uh, Stephen Ristevsky at Stephen underscore Risto asks two part question: Thinking of button bullet upgrading Saab. I also have two now, Simonson and Fistua. Oh, I get what you mean. With 550,000 thinking Crichton, but already have Tor, Capewell and Staines. Other option, Peachy or Save the Trade. Uh, yeah, look, I think if you've really got four, three Panthers, I would probably stay away from getting Crichton as well, uh, just because it would be, I think, a little bit overkill. Uh, with Peachy, look, I'm not as sold, I think. The reality is, is his minutes aren't fantastic. I'd want him to get a lot more because you can't just rely on attacking stats every single week. Um, I think with 550,000, there are other options though. Like I know we spoke on the earlier episode, like Olam, even Fergo, Rapana, or Rapana rather. Uh, both of, all of those guys I think are pretty good options to, to consider. So if you're not sold on uh, Peachy or anything like that, uh, I'd probably lean that way. Right. Uh, Ryan Patton at Funk Pimp writes in, consider Teddy a sell if it meant getting Munster and Cleary. Uh, alternatively, it's either Munster and Schuster for Milf and Moyland, and he'll be playing Sam Walker. So I asked him to send him his team. So that is always really helpful when giving some of these questions. So if in doubt, feel free to drop that, uh, drop a screenshot of your team in when I'm having a look, uh, if you're asking me to answer questions like this. So uh, the interesting thing about here, so he's got Ben Hunt and Sam Walker in the halves and then Milford and Moylan at 5.8th and he's got Teddy and uh, Pappenhausen at the back. So I imagine because if he sells Teddy uh, via Moylan, I assume, then he can get in Nathan Cleary and uh, obviously Munster as well. So... Yeah, basically the trade is Teddy to, to Munster via Moylan. Pappenhausen starts at fullback. And then he'll have Milford on the bench with Munster starting 5-8. And then I guess the cash that's freed up from that trade, which is over 200 grand, can easily get uh, Hunt to Cleary. So uh, so he's also thrown in. He's currently ranked 92nd. So he's really up there. And this is a tough one because obviously I uh, on the Tuesday pod, um, I spoke about how if you're up high, the, the best thing to do is you know, play it straight bat and keep a guy like Tedesco in. But this is a situation where potentially uh, he, he'll he obviously get Cleary, who's probably one of the other guys I would say you need to have in your team, especially up top. So that would be the, the smart move, but also getting in Munster. So the alternative he's got is he wants to go Munster and Schuster in for Milford and Moylan, and that makes sense. But it means that he'll have to play Sam Walker and start him this week with Hunt on the pie. And I assume that means that you might be able to get Cleary back in next week for Hunt. Uh, I assume with another pair of trades, though. And if that's the case, then, yeah, look, that probably makes sense. And I guess my question to you, Ryan, is do you get Tedesco back? And is this just a one-week thing so you can have Cleary and Munster this week? And do you, are you working on a way of getting basically back to Teddy soon? Um, because like I still think if I'm up there and the majority of teams around me don't have Teddy, uh, sorry, they do have Teddy, he'd be one of the few players I'd be really, really scared to not have. So 
I think I think that would probably be the answer. If, if Teddy's still in your plans and you're getting him back in the next week or two, then I don't mind you sacrificing the one extra trade to have Cleary and Munster this week. Uh, if Teddy's not a long-term uh, plan for you, then yeah, I think that's where... Sorry, if, if you're not able to get Cleary straight in next week, uh, then maybe I would look at just hanging on to Teddy, going Munster and Schuster in, and then you get more cash to, to get Hunt back to Cleary next week. Hopefully that helps. Uh, yeah, if not, then feel free to, to tweet at me again, and I'll try to have another go at answering your question. Next question comes in from Daniel Thompson at DJT underscore 34. He's sent in a screenshot. He's got the money to trade in any second row forward if I trade out Cheese or Tino. Leaning towards trading out Cheese despite his game this week against the Broncos, our Broncos, fellow Broncos sufferer. Uh, and who would you get in? So he's got Angus Crichton, Mitch Barnett, Tino, Fasu Malawi, uh, Braden Smith, Jordan Rickey, and Sean Bloor. Honestly, I reckon Cheese could have a big game this week. So I honestly think your 17 would be better if you hang on to him. And I don't know like what the rest of your team looks like, but I imagine that you could be using your trades elsewhere. I understand the appeal of getting in like a David Fafita or Tyson Frizzell or anything like that. Um, if that's the case, then you could look at, I, I'd probably trade out Tino and then Cheese later. But honestly, like I really think Cheese could have a big game this week because the Broncos suck. And yeah, without knowing the rest of your team, I think that's where I'd lean. But if you, you know, if you're insisting on this week, I think trading out Tino probably... Uh, I expect Cheese to score better than Tino, basically. It's a tough one, though. All right, a couple more. Uh, Peter McDermott at Seagull Pete asks, got to pick a front row forward out of Joe, James, or Lodge. Who would you go with? Would you advise Captain Cleary or Walker? Uh, so um, Matt Lodge, he's starting. Um, Joe often Gary off the bench. Ryan James still a bit iffy. Yeah, I think you'd have to go Lodge there. Uh, and then I would vice Captain... I mean, you could vice-captain Cleary and Captain Walker, right? So uh, I think, yeah, they'll be both fine, honestly. Anthony Cashman at Casho74 asks, Olam should be okay over the next few weeks. I don't think I could trust Peach. Yeah, uh, as a huge Justin Olam Olum fan, I like him too. So, yeah, I don't have any issues with you going for Olam, that's for sure. And finishing up with a, a long question from at Barkerstorm Tiger. So he sent me a direct message about this, but basically he's struggling to decide between Val Holmes and uh, Dan Gagai. So Dan basically never below 50s whenever he played centre on the right-hand side. He was very good late in the season. Uh, this year right now he's in the top five of all players for uh, base and base attack. So, you know, the the question he has is that Cody and Latrell both go by themselves a lot or cut him out and go to AJ. Uh, there's also the rumours floating around that he may be offered to the Eels in order to upgrade Adam Reynolds' contract. I mean, that's um, that's Weedler, uh, Danny Weedler. I'm not too concerned about his mail at the moment. Uh, on the flip side, uh, obviously Val Holmes, the Cowboys are horrible, but he runs for 30 points with goals and tackle bus, etc. Has a floor of about 40-ish, and then he only needs just one pass at the back, and he might get another 20 points there. Uh, he highlighted how... In the Titans game, he scored 70, he missed some goals, he had also a try assist denied, and also another time he set up the hammer and hammer dropped the ball with no one, no one around, t- 10 metres out. He really could have gone 120. He feels that he could have um, a DCE-like game where he's basically crap team, but he basically is a sole attacking outlet, 
run past kick goals and then basically yeah game plan is often just give the ball to Val and it's not good for the team's success but good for fantasy and he compares that to obviously the Rabbitohs who have so many good options that Gagai may only get 50 40 50 odd in base but then he may not um you know get all the attacking stats that often it'll be very much dependent on whether Latrell or Cody uh can pass it so yeah look I guess to me I think the the question here is that you know is it star player in a crap team versus uh you know a, a high floor guy in a good team I think I generally tend to lean towards uh the the players in the good teams I think you know that's why we have so many Panthers and so many Rabbitohs in our team generally whereas you know aside from the likes of Tommy Turbo and you know like guys who are really the sole attacking outlet and and actually really, really good and create a lot of things by themselves, it's hard to be the star player in a bad team and that doesn't score very many points. So the question I have with Val is, yeah, I get that Val Holmes at his peak. You know, his best year was, I think, in 2017 when he was playing fullback for the Sharks and, you know, that was a pretty good year for them. Uh, but they weren't, you know, it wasn't quite their their, uh, you know, Ben Barber type year when they they won the comp. So the thing with Val is that they he can he can certainly score really well, but if the Cowboys really are a bottom four team, then I just see so many difficult times for him, like he just might not score very often. So the other question mark I have is, you know, Todd Payton's already reshuffled his team multiple times. I don't expect him, I mean, I didn't expect Val not to be named at fullback in the first place, but somehow he was. So the difficulty I have there is trusting Peyton and his team selections. Uh, obviously, if Michael Morgan really is ruled out uh, semi-permanently, unfortunately uh, for him, uh, then there's a good chance, obviously, that Val just stays at fullback because they can't afford to, to put any other halves in there. Like Clifford's just been not very good. Uh, so those are the few question marks I have there, I suppose. Um, I think... The other thing is Val's probably more likely to be a season-long keeper, uh, whereas Gagai probably, you know, you want him for this three, four-week period, and if he keeps going the way he's going, then maybe, yeah, he becomes a season-long keeper, but at the very least, you'd hope maybe you can cash him out in a couple of weeks' time for a nice little profit plus a bunch of points, and you could downgrade him to, maybe you can downgrade him for a cheaper Val Holmes by then. Uh, it'd be interesting. So uh, honestly, this is a tr- real trust-your-gut call. Based on what you wrote, I think your gut's telling you Val Holmes. That just that's just what I'm feeling from what you wrote to me. Uh, so see how you go. Uh, obviously, feel free to ask further questions if need be. But I think to me, your gut's saying Val, and I think you know you got to back your gut in, in this regard. So yeah, so that's the last question. At this stage, I'm sticking strong with my trades from earlier. I'm going Milford to Schuster, and as much as I really want Cody and and Munster this week, I'm just going to go. One week without them, I'm going to play it safe and upgrade one of my center wings. So uh, Simmonson, he just seeing no ball. I'm getting rid of him so I have one less AE risk and I'm going to turn him into Dan Gagai. I know there's risk there as well, but I'm backing the, the podness of it. Uh, I think he's got, you know, he's shown a really strong base and base attack so far. And I just think, yeah, there's real potential there for him to score some points. Worst case scenario, he doesn't really go anywhere price-wise. I might have spent a fair bit of money on him, but you know, I can get rid of him in three, four weeks' time at the end of this really nice Bunnies run uh, at probably the same price, even if he flops. 
So we'll have to wait and see. Fingers crossed. He has a big game, obviously, for me. But uh, we'll have to see. It's a bit of a pod play, but I, you know, I'm, I'm placed all right. The rest of my team should keep chugging along. So I'm not too upset at this stage. And like I said, next week, uh, probably Munster will come into my team uh, at, uh, and we'll see how we go from there. All right. Good luck for the your decisions and good luck this week. And we'll see you again next week. It could be on the